March 2nd. Yep. Look at that. Do you remember where you were? Yeah, I was on a work trip when that was a thing. That's Luke, the senior producer of Skim This, and his wife, Chelsea. I think you'd been overseas for like a week, and we've been running a lot of episodes of Skim This that were about COVID, and I was like, hey, boo, I think it's time to come home. <laughs> um, you were not convinced. I don't think I had a sense of how much the world was going to change. So I kind of took matters into my own hands, and I guess on this day I texted you a photo pretty nervously, and it was like, hey, I just spent like $300 on this thing. I thought you were a survivalist. <laughs> Luke, like a lot of other wannabe survivalists, hit add to cart on something he'd never think of buying in the before times, a chest freezer. Man, it's like I'm on MTV Cribs. <laughs> this is where the food preservation magic happens. Lots of frozen meat, frozen fish, veggies, fruit over here, for fruit for smoothies, lots of cauliflower gnocchi, butter, kind of like a frozen kitchen pantry. And then it was like, why stop there? Trip to Home Depot, let's buy shelves. We're having a bunker-style food pantry in the basement now. Now, a year later, Luke says the chest freezer saved a lot of trips to the grocery store when the pandemic was really bad, even if a few things on the shelf are still collecting dust. We still have about a year's worth of granola and dried nuts to work through. Oh, also powdered milk. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it never came to uh, putting that to use. If you can't tell, we're doing something a little different today. If you're looking for our regular Thursday news show, don't worry, it's coming in two days. But in this special episode, we wanted to take a break from the news for some comic relief and just a chance to hear some of your voices. A few weeks ago, we asked you to fill out a survey about how the past year has been, the good, the bad, and the ugly. One of the questions we asked was what's been your best and worst pandemic purchase? And it turns out a lot of you had some online shopping mishaps while also finding some real treasures. And we started to realize these purchases were way more than just things. They helped you get through the pandemic and made you resilient during a really tough time. Others were things we couldn't have possibly imagined buying two years ago, but somehow this is where we ended up. And other purchases were just downright hysterical. And we had such a good time laughing with you as you told us your stories. We just had to share them. My name is Julia. I'm Mia. I'm Jessica. My name is Sarah. Hi, I'm Lisa. Hi, I'm Shelby. My name is Heather. Hi, I'm Dominique. Dominique's story about her worst purchase is pretty weird. But what hasn't been weird this year? The one that I probably regret the most was an interactive experiential pizza dinner that was delivered by a vampire. Yeah. It was my uh, husband and our um, four year wedding anniversary. And I really wanted to do something special that was COVID friendly, but still, you know, recognize, hey, we made it four years. And I had seen on the internet that there was this new uh, experience coming to Philly and you got to solve puzzles, mysteries, and have this interactive experience with the pizza deliverer, who's gonna be a vampire. And oh boy, it was uh, something else. First and foremost, the vampire was late. So we were pretty hungry. But when the vampire showed up, uh, he showed up during, looking very spelt, 
uh, very European, didn't bother to really button up his shirt at all, showing a lot of skin. Uh, casually uh, confirmed our order and delivered our two pizzas. And then murmured, um, are you with, do you know? And I said, oh, this must be the game. Yes, I do. And he delivers a third black box. And I knew I had made a mistake when my husband said, well, I'm gonna open up this third box. And he reaches in and he pulls out a fistful of pipe cleaners and a stick of glitter glue. And I was like, I think I made a mistake here. The game really wasn't much of a game. It was a bunch of word puzzles that we solved in about three minutes. And it led to a clue word where we could watch a YouTube video that essentially said it's arts and crafts time. And as I watched my husband twisting pipe cleaners together, trying to make the most of it, I kind of hung my head in shame and I said, this is probably the worst wedding anniversary gift ever. It was pretty bad. Don't worry, Dominique's marriage is doing fine, but she's not the only one whose worst pandemic purchase led to a close encounter. So this is a real compound bow. And this is an arrow with a metal tip. Yes, this was my worst purchase. <laughs> Important disclaimer, no one was harmed in the making of this purchase. So my kids, to be fair, are seasoned archery children. They were eight and nine years old. <laughs> and I wanted to get them to the house, do things. I realized it was an issue. We took them out, we set up a target, we, we worked with them. And then I saw them at one point holding it at each other. I mean, these kids like, you know, spend a lot of time together as is, but they had basically spent six, four to six weeks with nobody else but their parents to talk to. And they, I could tell they were annoyed with each other and they were literally weaponized. Like they had a weapon each. That's when I realized, okay, I made a mistake. Turns out, a lot of parents ended up buying a lot of things for their kids that they now regret. I have three boys, high school, middle school, and elementary school. And when we first started doing the homeschool for quarantine, you know, they're boys and they move around a lot. So I bought these fidget cushions and they're plastic and they have different textures. And I thought that that would be good to kind of get the wiggles out. But it, they made like these horrible farty noises, which the boys loved. And so they would try to outdo each other. And then that's it. I just, I said, that's it. One of them even popped. I, it's, it was, yeah, it was, the, it was the worst. I bought canned beets at the beginning of the pandemic. Everyone's running around and clearing the shelves. And I was like, I have to be ready to hunker down in my apartment for the rest of my life. I've had, you know, fresh beets and salads before. And I was like, beets are okay. They're not bad. And they're like healthy. <laughs> so um, I bought the canned beets. I could not make them good. Beets already have like kind of an earthy flavor, which uh, you can get by if they're like, like a little crunchy, like they are in like a salad or something when they're fresh but when they come from a can, they're just like mush and you pour them out of the can and they come in this like blood red sauce. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with all the sauce. So I was like draining my beets in like a colander and I was like, this is bad. Right at the beginning of quarantine, 
my partner and I decided that we would go out and purchase a chicken or two um, in hopes of raising them to get some fresh eggs. And we thought it would be a good idea to get these two that were called French guineas. And the French guineas, what we didn't know at the time in our limited research and just picking them out at the store and not looking into what they were at all, have a very specific role in a chicken flock where they protect the other chicks. But the way they do that is by making a lot of noise. It was getting to the point where my husband and I would have to tag team meetings. If one of us had a meeting, the other one had to be outside making sure the guineas were quiet and going back and forth. So it just wasn't working out. Luckily, we were able to find a farm upstate that loved French guineas. And we were able to, to bring our, our little guys, Nick and Ryan, up there to live out their lives happily. But surprisingly enough, as we found out with a few purchases, one person's worst decision was sometimes another person's best. So I've always wanted chickens, even when I was living back in Pennsylvania, but based on city ordinances, we couldn't have them. So when we moved, the house we moved into actually came with a chicken coop, but it was kind of run down. And like I said, we got here a week and a half before shutdown. So my anxiety was through the roof. I was not doing too well. But one day my husband was like, you know what? We're going to get you chickens. We ended up with seven. We didn't have any black ones. And we were like, ah, we need a goth squad. So we ended up getting seven more to make it a lucky 14 because that's my lucky number. This is embarrassing. I have my own little seat out there. So I'd sit there, drink a beer and just like hang out with my chickens. I'm a crazy chicken lady now. I'm a chicken tender. Apparently millennials are turning into backyard farmers. At the beginning of COVID for my birthday, my husband bought me a four foot by four foot garden box for the backyard. It kind of just felt like it was a piece of control at a time when everything blew up and we didn't have control in the world because we didn't really know what was going on. Um, so to walk outside every morning and see this little tiny box that I could control and make beautiful. I actually killed half of the things that I bought because I got really excited about it, but I, I learned a lot. So I'll do it again this year. Same amount of enthusiasm, but like way less plants. <laughs> Other people made the most of wherever they live to feel whatever sense of adventure was possible in a pandemic. We did buy a swimming pool that we put in our uh, backyard, which was also partially inflatable. It took up the entire deck. <laughs> So it looked a little funny, but it was good for what we were able to accomplish. That pool, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. My husband's an essential worker, so he was working the whole time, and he'd come home, and I'd be bobbing around, you know, in that pool, on my pool noodle, with my glass, and he goes, oh, what a life. One of the silver linings of this pandemic is that I have teenagers, and the little one, he doesn't interact as much with his older brothers, and the pandemic really caused us to get close. It really caused me to go deeper as well into just knowing my kids and what they like and why they tick. We actually really embrace the fact that we got to spend more time and go, hey, this is kind of cool. This is nice. You're kind of a fun person. You're not just my mom, you know? So my now fiance, boyfriend at the time, we really love exploring the D.C. food scene. Neither of us have a car in Washington, D.C., and we were a bit uncomfortable riding Ubers 
especially in the beginning of the pandemic. And so we were looking for some creative ways to get around. And uh, we decided to pick up bicycling. So I literally took one of those capital bike share uh, like city rentals into a parking lot, did circles <laughs> to try to get comfortable because I hadn't ridden in probably over 10 years. Uh, and we ended up loving it and it ended up uh, leading to both of us buying bikes and it's been a new hobby. It's been great. Besides spending more time outside, a lot of people invested in simpler pleasures, like literally sitting in bed. I got a new bed when I moved to Boston. It's a phenomenal bed. It's big and comfy and uh, I spend a lot of time in it during the pandemic. So I'm very happy I have it. <laughs> My best pandemic purchase was a new mattress. I don't think I have valued one piece of fabric more than a nice new comfy mattress that, you know, I wake up and I don't hurt my back because when you're in your thirties, you gotta watch out for these things. Some other people picked up new hobbies that make them really happy. Apparently two weeks into lockdown, I was just like, I'm gonna learn a musical instrument and just went with it and, um, Got, I just went ahead and bought a violin and started to learn how to play fiddle music. No idea what possessed me to do it. But definitely still a beginner, um, but I can, I can play a few tunes. I've been taking online lessons for about 11 months and working on rhythm. And I can even, even now I've been able to play with my fiance, who's a guitarist. So that's been pretty cool. Definitely an aspect of our relationship I didn't think we would ever get to. Props to Kelly. That was her on the fiddle and her fiance on the guitar. And thanks to everyone else who shared their stories with us. All of your stories got us wondering about some of our own purchases. Okay, Luke, now that you're a year out, chest freezer, what's the verdict? Yeah, I think it it was a good purchase, but there's clearly a fine line I think I can see now between a best and a worst purchase. This was expensive. It was impulsy. I was kind of buying it from a weird mentality of the world is slipping out of my control. So a purchase is going to put things back on my terms. Um, it clearly could have gone the other way. And I guess I'm just sort of curious now that you spent so much time looking at people's best and worst purchases do you think you kind of know what goes into a best purchase and what defines, I guess, a, a worst purchase? Is there like a takeaway there? Totally. I think the obvious bad ones were the ones that felt right in the moment. So you're ordering a lot of bottles of booze on Drizzly or you're ordering junk food to your house when you could just walk to the bodega and you're paying that delivery fee or you're buying jeans and you have no clue when you're going back to the office or going outside of your house at all. And those were the things people told us they really regretted. They were like, I knew I wanted to do that in the moment, but I kind of had an instinct that this probably would not serve me later on. And I really have to say though, based on the responses we got, the most obvious good purchases were ones that made people's lives around their house most often easier or more organized or more comfortable. So a lot of people said, hey, I love my new mattress or my new couch or my new Roomba. We got a lot of Roombas. And those were things that helped the chaos of just being at home and feeling so antsy a little bit easier. Also, the thing that struck me was that a lot of people were looking for replacements for 
parts of their routine that they had developed in the before times. So like if you were a gym person, you couldn't go to the gym, right? So you had to get a Peloton or buy ankle weights or a yoga mat for the first time when you used to kind of rely on going somewhere to achieve part of your routine. Absolutely. The the Peloton envy is out of control right now. I, I, cannot, I can't keep it in check. <laughs> I'm still waiting on that skim Peloton. I also will say the other purchases that people told us were really good were ones that helped them relax. So that's like finding new hobbies or spending more family time doing new activities. And, you know, you heard about the chickens, you heard about the kayak. Those were hobbies that hopefully people aren't um, getting rid of, even, you know, once they get the vaccine and hopefully things feel back to normal. Speaking of which, didn't you go from like basically not cooking to essentially being top chef in the house? Is is that a permanent life change for Alex or or not? I think I think my partner might disagree with you that I'm the top chef. I think he still thinks he is, but... So that's just you bragging in Slack, I guess. It's me celebrating my accomplishments and how far I've come in the kitchen because I really had no skills before. But I'm hoping it's something I'm not getting rid of. It was so much fun, and I didn't realize how much I would like it. As you can probably tell, we're not recommending any one product in particular here. But when you are in the market for something, we have a team at The Skim that's really good at giving recommendations. And they've got a newsletter called Skim Your Life. It's got product recs and life hacks that'll save you time and money and make your life smarter, delivered right to your inbox every Thursday. The same day, we'll keep making you smarter by giving you the news. To sign up, head to theskim.com slash life. There's also a link in the episode description. Thanks for listening to Skim This. This podcast was skimmed by Luke Vargas and me, Alex Carr, with additional help from Peter Bonaventure and Kira Long. Our head of audio is Graylin Brashear. Our weekly Skim This news podcast will be back in your feed again on Thursday. Until then, for more Skim and to sign up for our daily newsletter, head on over to theskim.com.